0: It's time for Government Gone Wild, a no-holds-barred podcast dissecting the most controversial topics in the news right now. Edgy, fast-paced, and with a bit of humor, conservative libertarian host Kristen Tate digs beyond the headlines and beyond party politics to illuminate the issues people care about, the ones career politicians in D.C. just don't understand. Each week, Kristen hosts real people from diverse backgrounds and perspectives to engage in feisty debates and discussions. And now, your host, Kristen Tate. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to my new episode of Government Gone Wild. I hope you've all subscribed. It's totally free to subscribe. You can do that on iTunes or Google Play if you're one of those weird Samsung non Apple people. Anyway, I'm really, really excited about today's episode. I have one of my favorite people in the whole world on my podcast. It's actually one of my longest friends from childhood. His name is Andrew Spaulding, but his nickname and what I always call him is Bagels. I'll get into that later. Bagels, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. It's good to be here.
0: This is your podcast debut, right?
1: Yeah, my first time. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you always remember your first. Yeah. <laughs> but uh just to let all the folks out there know, I wanted to have Bagels on today because I think he is uniquely positioned to talk about politics. Because Bagels, you're you're a millennial like me, you're in your mid-20s, yeah. and you are not a liberal. We can get more into what you are later. You're not a liberal though, and you're gay. So you're 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 a very unique demographic in today's I am. political <laughs> landscape. <laughs> So I just want to tell people kind of how we know each other. So we grew up in the sticks up in New Hampshire. I mean, we literally lived in the boonies. I had to drive 25 minutes to get to the nearest Walmart bagels. I think you were even further out in the sticks, right?
1: Yeah, I was like around like probably 30 or 40 minutes, but we were in opposite directions, So we were like an hour from each other.
0: Yeah, this is this is life in New Hampshire. Like if you yes. want to leave your house, <laughs> you have to prepare yourself for at least an hour in the car. But, um, so we met in high school, I think we were paired with, uh, in a threesome. So it was me, Bagels, and this other girl in our chemistry class. (laughs) And Bagels and I bonded over the fact that we're both freaking lazy. (laughs) So we made this other girl. So it was like the three of us, me, Bagels, and this other girl who was like kind of smart, but sort of annoying. And we made her do all the work. And then she would turn in these like amazing work products and we would take all the credit for it.
1: Pretty much. Yep. (laughs) And that's
0: how our beautiful friendship was born. We've been inseparable ever since. And, um, we, we used to spend like all of our time together. We were attached at the hip for many years in high school. And then afterwards we talk every day. And it's so funny because you were not out as gay at the time in high school. So like all, all of our friends from high school always ask me, and some of them still do. They're like, what was the deal with you and Bagels? Like, were you guys dating? Everyone was always wondering what the deal was. And I was like, no, Bagels is gay. And they're always like, oh, okay. <laughs> but, um, so, I want to talk about that. So, so, Bagels, you know, we've been friends for a long time. Um, neither of us were really politically interested, I would say, in high school. But, you know, you get out into the world, you start working, you start paying taxes, all that, and you kind of decided that you weren't liberal. So first of all, how do you affiliate politically? What would you call yourself?
1: Um, I'd say I'm, I mean, I'm definitely social, I'm more socially liberal and fiscally conservative. So I tend to say like libertarian, but I'm leaning definitely more conservative these days, I would say.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's how a lot of young people are. Even the ones who call themselves liberal, they just don't know it. The second they get jobs and start paying taxes, they, I mean, the smart ones are not liberal anymore. Unfortunately, though, so many people we know just, like, can't find jobs, or they're, like, dependent yeah. on their parents, or they just want to hand out. It's ridiculous. But, okay, so you're a libertarian, and... What has it been like, so for everyone out there listening, Bagels lives in Boston, which is a very metropolitan, liberal, kind of preppy city. So what is the gay community like in Boston, first of all? I'm assuming it's very liberal.
1: It's extremely liberal. Uh, I don't, I can't really say that I know another, like, openly conservative gay person in Boston. In
0: the whole damn city. You don't know one other gay person who's not
1: liberal. no, that's openly, yeah, that's openly not liberal because I think most people tend to keep it more quiet if they are conservative because I would say a lot of gay people in general in this country tend to be more closed-minded towards other political beliefs outside of being liberal or Democrat.
0: Wow, I feel like we're ruining your social life right now. Like, as soon as this podcast comes out, you're not going to have any more friends. I'm scared. (laughs) So sorry for that. Well, you'll have me bagels. It's okay. (laughs) But okay, so that is fascinating. Not one other gay person in Boston who's openly conservative. And are you open about your political views and your social circles? Or do you also kind of keep quiet?
1: Uh, I tend to keep it, I keep it, I I keep it more quiet than I'm, if I'm asked about it, I won't lie. But I won't, I I try to not bring up politics. So give, me,
0: give me some examples of what have happened, though, when people have asked you and you didn't lie. I mean, what is the reaction like?
1: Well, I think so before the election, I have I have a boyfriend who is he's very liberal or he's yeah, he's very liberal. So he um, but he's open minded towards like my political beliefs. So before the election, he would tend to tell his friends that we were like like one of us was conservative one was liberal and so we would before the election people were more open minded i feel like and i felt like the other other gay people i would meet would be more they would they would more think that it was like cute that i supported trump because they were very confident that hillary was going to win so it was more like a harmless like cute thing and then <laughs> like
0: they'd pat you on the head and be like no go I'm eat
1: not. a cookie you cute yeah. trump supporter <laughs> 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 pretty much and then after the election, after he won, it like switched, and people became a lot more really hostile. angry. About it. Yeah, uh, one of my boyfriend's closest friends after the election sent him like a big long text message about. He said that he would never forgive me for like how for my role he called it in this election. But he could. He said he could still be friends with my boyfriend even though he was dating me, as if like I was like. Some kind of monster, pretty much. Wow,
0: have you seen that guy since you got that text message?
1: Yeah, I have. It's it's like kind of he doesn't he tends to kind of look down at me. I feel like, and that's kind of the consensus among like some of the gay people who just don't want really any part of anything besides their like liberal bubble. I would say, but
0: Jeez, that's awkward to like see that guy. But um, I mean, <laughs> here's my question for you though. Do you think the gay community is largely liberal because they care so deeply about gay marriage, which I can totally understand. Like, do you think that's what it's about? Or do you think they are genuinely hardcore all around left leaning folks who who want higher taxes, who want redistribution, who want, you know, all the things that the Democrats want? Or do you think it's just because they're so worried about gay marriage being taken away that they're passionately liberal? What is the driver behind you know, this this overwhelming ideology in that community?
1: I think it goes back to gay marriage. And I I don't think people are actually worried about gay marriage being taken away, even though some will, like, say it. But I don't think they actually are that worried about it. I think, I mean, I think with especially young gays, I feel like everyone is, there's a lot of pressure to be liberal in this community. And I think everyone, like the younger gays are kind of brainwashed to just not think about politics and just be just be liberal. So I feel like, honestly, it's like, that's why it's not very hard to stay in the closet as as a conservative, because you're not really asked. Everyone just kind of assumes that we all agree that like, Trump is awful, we're under attack, and like, that kind of thing. Everyone just kind of assumes it. And so the younger ones don't even really question politics. They just kind of like, go into it thinking like, oh, I'm gay, so I'm liberal, pretty Mm -hmm. much.
0: Mm -hmm. That makes complete
1: sense. uh, When I ask for specifics, that's when things get, like, no one really has, like, specific answers as to, like, why Trump is against gays or that kind of thing. If you ask for specifics, everyone gets kind of quiet and doesn't really know what to say.
0: Well, Trump isn't against gays. That's what's so interesting about this. I mean... I think Mike Pence is probably, I don't think he's against gays, I think he's for traditional marriage, but I think that's totally dying out, and Trump himself, I have not seen any indication that he he is even thinking about this issue.
1: Me neither, and that's why I don't really get the arguments from the gay community that want Trump to be impeached, because, I mean, like you said, if anyone is going to come after the gay community, it would be Pence as president. (laughs) So, <laughs> yeah, I,
0: so I guess impeaching Trump is like the worst possible scenario, that's
1: what I would think, for the gay community, but I don't know.
0: <laughs> so, okay, I think of I know this is a stereotypical thing to say that I tend to think of gay people as being like very successful, kind of like chic people who kind of have their shit together more than the <laughs> rest of us. You know, they're like, yeah, they're doing well for themselves generally. And so, these people are, you know, they, a lot of them have great jobs. They make a lot of money. They're paying taxes. Do yeah. they ever talk? Have you ever engaged in a conversation with a gay person who who's a successful businessman uh, or a woman, you know, who is you know passionately liberal about the fiscal issues, or does it always just come back to the same loop with the social stuff?
1: It's always pretty much like it's always pretty much social. I met, I I did meet when I was, I was in Cape Cod for a lot of the summer and I met a lesbian couple who's very wealthy. And one of, one of the lesbians like came up to me and she said, she kind of like whispered to me, like, I heard you voted for Trump. And I was like, <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was going to get like yelled at, but she was like, she was just like, I did too. And it was very wow. like, very like hush hush about it like it was like a secret we had to keep but she was like she was like honestly for me it always comes back to i want lower taxes and i'll always vote for the conservative for the republican candidate but she said herself like what i've said she's like you have to keep it very quiet and i learned a long time ago to just not talk about that openly with other gay people because it gets pretty hostile about it always will come back to the social issues if you bring up something like that with the gay community hmm. in my uh- experience
0: I really hope that, you know, as young people come into politics, that these ideas about traditional marriage kind of like remove themselves from the political arena because it's so stupid. I mean, if a gay couple gets married, it doesn't affect me as a straight person at all. I mean, we shouldn't be having these conversations and the gay community is a large one and they're politically engaged. So my view is that Conservatives need to get off this issue because the Bible Belt people, the people who do care about this stuff, they'll vote conservative anyway. The conservatives really need to stop with this issue, I think, because it's legislating morality. And the bottom line is it doesn't affect us if two consenting adults of any gender get married.
1: And I think a lot of conservatives have have seen that, that it doesn't affect anybody else. So I just, I personally feel like it's not going to get taken away.
0: Oh, I I doubt it will get taken away. I think that the left uses the fear of it getting taken away as a scare tactic. And then I think there are certain extremists on the right who talk about taking it away to play to the Bible Belt, kind of like real, you know, religious type conservative voters.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: It'll be interesting, though, to see what happens as, like, the younger libertarians come into power. Um, So I want to kind of get into, you know, your experience during the election. It's really interesting what you said, because I've always thought it was the opposite, that people were more hostile during the election, and then after the election they kind of tuned out. But I find it really fascinating that you found less hostility leading up to the election, So what was the view towards Trump during the election? And also, what was the view towards the outspoken gay conservatives like Milo Yiannopoulos?
1: Um, I would say, well, the view towards Trump, I felt like it was kind of, people saw him as more of like a joke. They were disturbed by what he was doing. But in my circles, like, they all were so sure that he was going to lose. It was kind of like, everyone was just like, counting down until November 8th when this would finally be over and he would just be out. So I felt like people weren't like when it would come up, like people wouldn't really be mad at me. They would just think it was like more funny that I was supporting him and that like, it was funny that it was just going to be over. And it was once it was once he did get elected, that's when people got like more angry. And like, I mean, it's Boston's like a big bubble pretty much where everyone's pretty much, it seems like openly, at least liberals. So they didn't really have someone to like blame. So I think that's, people would get like more angry. Like I would be one of the only ones that like they knew who was voting for Trump. And so they would kind of get mad over that. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because I guess you're right. I noticed the same thing among like non-gay, just nor- like straight people too. It's like, you're right. They did see Trump as a joke and, and they're so hostile now. But you represent a really interesting portion of the voting block of millennials. So what would you say as campaign advice to either liberals or conservatives running for office right now? If they wanted to reach young gay voters, what do they need to do to reach out to that demographic? Hmm.
1: I mean, unfortunately, I think with the young gay demographic, it has to be like focusing only on social issues. I feel like anything else will kind of go like in one ear and out the other. I think
0: you don't think there's any way to show them like, hey, guys, you know, we we are socially open. We want the government out of that. But here are the issues that really actually affect your bottom line and what you take home every month. I mean, you don't think there's a case to be made for that.
1: Possibly, but I think, I mean, in my experience, I think with ne- with younger people, it always comes back to social.
0: I guess you're right. I mean, that's true of all young people. Like everyone I talk to, they just want to scream about like abortion and a woman's right to choose exactly. and the Confederate statues and all this BS. And I'm like, you guys, this is a freaking distraction. It like, is. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous.
1: And a lot of conversations about Trump, once you start making good points, it people will just like... It'll devolve down to them just being like, well, anyone who votes for Trump is a racist. Anyone who votes for Trump is a bigot. And it's just like it devolves down to that before you can even really get like any like logical information through their heads, I feel like.
0: So what's the craziest anecdote you can give us about your experience voicing your opinions? Or has there not really been any like explosive experiences? It's more just like subtle snubs. But do you have anything really kind of shocking
1: yeah, I was at uh, I was at a black tie gay event in Boston last. I think I believe it was March, and I was there with two of my younger friends who were my age, who I'd never talked politics with, both gay guys, and we never talked politics, it had never come up. Like, and so we were just there to have fun and like network and stuff. And one of an, an older guy I knew, who I had talked politics with, and he's a friend also. Uh, showed up at the event and he got, he ended up getting, I guess, very intoxicated. And so I'm with two of my friends and he just kind of stumbles over to us and starts ranting about against Trump voters and how like evil they are and how, um, like I said, they're racist, they're racist, they're bigoted. And I'm, I could tell, I could tell that he was like trying to start a fight with me, but I just didn't really want to go there. But my two friends, like who were my age were very confused because they had no idea why he was just <laughs> about Trump. And so five, like he starts yelling about how Trump never should have won. Trump never should have won and nobody should have let this happen. And one of my friends was like, who are you arguing with? No one, no one here disagrees with you. Like what, who were, who, no one here voted for him. And he just points right in my face and yells, he did.
0: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so what did your friends do at that point?
1: They both just looked at me like shocked like it was like it was very uncomfortable you would think that i had like like choked a puppy everyone was just like <laughs> everyone was like just like looking at me in shock and i didn't know what to say i was like i was just like in, i was in shock myself i was speechless and it was embarrassing and so yeah that's probably my worst like jeez so
0: okay that is horrifying but what so from everything you've learned i mean you're pretty brave actually taking the stand and being honest about your opinions what advice do you have for other people who are in groups who are supposed to fit nicely into this democratic box like you know minorities or even women or gay people what do you what advice do you have for them if they're not liberal do you do you Encourage them to speak out, or do you think it's better to just kind of keep quiet and keep your social life intact?
1: Um, I think that's tough. I think, like, I guess I've learned to try and it depends on the situation you're in, and like, I guess just know your surroundings and know. I mean, for example, like from that experience, I try and just not, whenever there's like alcohol involved or any kind of like party situation i try to kind of not talk about politics because that's where they'll get like out of hand i feel like i guess just know your surroundings and if you feel like if you're in like a group where you feel like you can speak out i would say do it but i mean unfortunately i think it does like negatively affect your social life in certain like very liberal cities and liberal communities to like be super open about it
0: Yeah, I mean, the sad thing is this is everything you're saying and the advice you're giving is not even completely unique to the gay community. I mean, this is going on everywhere, Uh, you know, and even in New York City, just among general groups. If you come out as a Trump supporter, you're automatically ostracized. You could say the same of so many places and so many groups. I guess I'm in kind of a unique situation because I'm in Texas and it's like a little more conservative down here. But it's really amazing how hostile everyone really is to Trump. It is. Um, so, okay, you voted for Trump. You know, we're, I know you really well. I know you don't love Trump. I know you kind of are like me where you voted for him because he was way better than Hillary Clinton. But honestly, how do you think he's doing? What are your thoughts right now?
1: Um. I mean, honestly, I still am... Like a bit on the fence about him. I think I think it's unfortunate that like I don't feel like he's been given that fair chance to really like do a lot of the things he set out to do. So I'm still kind of waiting to see what will happen with him, I guess. I think I think he's done the best he can for the first year, but I think there's definitely I think he's made some mistakes and he's had some successes, but I, I mean I feel like he doesn't he definitely does not deserve to be vilified the way I feel like he has been in the media.
0: Yeah. And also within politics, I mean, Congress, even the Republicans hate him. He's up against so much opposition. It's insane. Yeah.
1: All the roadblocks that have been put up, I feel like he hasn't done like a ton in this first year, but I feel like nobody in his position like could have. So,
0: OK, what advice do you have for Trump then to reach out to young voters? And, and well, if you were advising Trump, what would you tell him as we go into 2018, the midterm elections, and then eventually 2020 when he's up for reelection?
1: Hmm. I would say, I mean, that's tough. I I would say, like I said, with young people, it's always going to come back to the social issue, issue. So maybe throw them a few bones with social stuff that doesn't really like, isn't really going to impact like a ton of things negatively. I feel like, I mean, I feel like, like, like you, I feel like a lot of social stuff are like distractions. So if you like, if you would just, like, back down a little bit on certain things, like the transgender issue, I think that would be, like, a big, like...
0: Ugh, that bothers me so much. That shouldn't even be an issue. I hate that whole conversation. That,
1: that kind of thing takes away a lot of young voters, because they hear that, and it sounds bad to them, and they don't want to vote for him because of that. I feel like if you back down on a lot of that stuff and just, like, let things happen, then that would be his best chance. But it's Yeah, gonna be I'm with t-
0: you there. I'm with you there.
1: Yeah, because he has been vilified so much, though. They hear so many awful things about him that I feel like it's going to be really tough for him.
0: I think it'll be tough for him, but I also strongly believe that there are a lot of people who agree with you and I, you and me, sorry, not I, you and me, who are who are quiet, who are, you know, part of this quote unquote silent majority. I know it sounds stupid, but I believe it's there. I believe it's there within young people. I believe it's there within these cities. I even believe it's there in the gay community. I really think that you and I are kind of weirdos in the fact that we're willing to speak up about this stuff. I bet you more people than we think agree with us.
1: Yeah, I I agree.
0: It'll be an interesting uh, a couple of years for sure. But Bagels, thank you so much for joining me. I know you're super busy.
1: Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Kristen.
0: Oh, my gosh. I just realized that we never explained why Bagels' nickname is Bagels. We were so engulfed in our conversation that uh, we just never got around to that. So I guess the mystery will live on. And you guys will have to tune in to subsequent episodes to find out why that's his nickname. I will definitely have Bagels back on the show sometime soon. Again, I want to thank all of you for tuning in and subscribing to this podcast. And I also want to encourage everyone to check out my page on patreon.com. Patreon is where you can make a small or large financial contribution to help me keep this podcast going. I do this because I love it. I want to keep the content free and uh, anything you can give would help me keep the lights on and help me keep this going. All right. Thank you so much. And uh, until next time, adios.